0: Hey there, it's Christy Lee here and welcome to episode number 115 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm super excited to be chatting to you about this particular topic today. And today we're talking about the hidden benefits of investing in training and upskilling your team. And the reason that I thought was a great topic to chat about today is we are seeing a real struggle to find new team members in the current marketplace. We've spoken about it here on the podcast before, but hiring people right now at the time of recording, May 2022, for a timestamp there, it's tough out there across lots of different industries. So we need to think a little more laterally in terms of getting the skills that we need in our team. So that's what we're going to be chatting about today. I hope you are looking forward to that discussion. Now, before we dive into uh, those details of these hidden benefits, I just wanted to welcome our new listeners to the podcast. We've had a lot of new listeners join us in the recent uh, weeks. And if that's you, welcome. It's so fabulous to have you here. And I hope you are enjoying the episodes of the podcast. If you haven't already, don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you love listening to your podcasts. That way you'll make sure you get the most up-to-date episodes right in your podcast listening list each and every Wednesday morning. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. I love having you here each and every week and really appreciate you. And for you guys, if you haven't already, I would love for you to leave a rating or review, particularly on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you're enjoying. Um, It just lets others know that this is a great podcast for them to listen to if they're also business owners and leaders of people in their businesses. Now, today's topic, hidden benefits of investing in training and upskilling our staff. Like I said, I wanted to chat about this because it is such a challenging time to be able to acquire new skills outside of our team, i.e. hiring new team members. So I thought it was a really timely uh, opportunity to have a chat about why we might want to think about upskilling our staff, what investing in training looks like, and really how we can go about doing that because it's not just the traditional ways anymore. And I think one of the key fundamental things I want to chat about is training and upskilling being an employer's responsibility rather than employee's responsibility. I feel like there's been a real change in that attitude and mindset, certainly in the last 10 years or so. I want to look at reframing the cost of training into investment because it truly is an investment in your business. And of course, I want to unpack some of these hidden benefits that I've discussed that come when we invest in upskilling our employees. So let's take a look firstly at training and upskilling being an employer's responsibility. And I think there is a misconception for many businesses that it should be an employee's responsibility to train, to upskill, to educate themselves on the skills required for the role. But I think we need to have a real shift around this in the current market for, for some of the reasons I've already touched on. Certainly, it was the case that, you know, particularly, I want to say 15, 20 years ago, it was expected that you would go out and get your training You would do your degree, do your trade certificate, do a course, learn the skills, and then go to an employer with those skills. And an employer would be looking for someone who's already invested in getting those skills and that knowledge themselves. And whilst that's still the case to some extent today, there has been a real shift in employers taking ownership for the training and development of their staff. And I'm going to touch on some stats around this in a little while. Largely, I think what we need to remember as employers is the skills that got our employees to where they are now and possibly even into our businesses may not be the skills that are going to keep them with us long term or the skills that the employee will need to be successful in the business in the future. And that comes down to a lot to do with changes in our businesses, changes in technology, changes in how we work, changes in how we deliver to our clients and our customers We are in a period, of course, of constant change in business and with that comes the responsibility to ensure that our employees are equipped to deal with that change. I think it's largely unfair that when we've employed someone to do a job and then that job changes that we don't take ownership as employers of investing in skilling them to be able to deal with that change or use the new piece of technology or just have the skills to do what they need to get their job done now, because those skills have changed over time. And I don't think there's any denying that. The way I see this show up really commonly in businesses, probably the best example I can think to give you, is when we have someone step up into a supervisor or team leader type of position. Someone that's previously been an operator, possibly um, you know, a very good technical person. You think of someone that's been an electrician in your business or um, you know, a speech therapist. I'm thinking of allied health. This happens a lot in radiography, any of those roles where they're very good at their job and ultimately you get them to step up into a leadership, a 2IC, a team leader type role where they're suddenly responsible, not only for doing a great job. That still has to happen, but also responsible for supervising and leading and guiding other people, whether in terms of workflow on a day-by-day basis or complete responsibility for the leadership of that team, performance development, performance reviews, performance discussions, and all those things. We are really good at getting people to step up into those roles, but we are really, really bad with equipping people with the skills to do that because here's the thing, our best technical operators aren't necessarily natural leaders. They don't have some kind of built-in innate switch that they can switch on where they suddenly know all the things they need to know about having difficult conversations and structuring workflow and supervising and communicating in a way to get people to do what they want them to do. Yes, some people are better at it than others naturally, but no one has all those skills built in. These are learnt skills. And I think one of the most unfair things we can do as employers is to have someone step up into a leadership role without giving them support, training, and guidance. So it is our responsibility to give people training to help them do the job that we have tasked them to do. If you are having anyone in your business step from an in team role into a leadership role, I strongly, (laughs) strongly, in case you can't hear it in my voice, I really feel passionately about this, recommend that you get them some training. Now, that could be inside the organization, outside the organization, a combination of both ideally, but I think everyone stepping into those roles should be sent on some form of training. And I'm thinking of an example of when I saw this play out and the training didn't arrive, and it didn't go well, was some years ago, I was working with a radiotherapy center. They had excellent, excellent team members, and they were going through a period of growth. Now, a number of opportunities actually presented for um, clinical team leader type roles. That wasn't the exact title, but effectively, these were to be stepping up into team leaders of a particular group of employees at at a location, at a site, and many internal Uh, Employees put their hand up and applied and were successful in getting these positions. Now, aside from some very good mentorship from the head of the department, and it was very good mentorship, they weren't provided with any other training or development opportunities. They were simply expected to mold themselves into someone like the head of department who had spent 20 years crafting her leadership skills and was very experienced. And despite the fact that she was giving them great mentoring, her capacity to do so was limited, obviously. She had a very big role on her hands. And they were given given no other support, no training, no guidance. And probably about, I want to say about four months in, one of these newly appointed team leaders contacted me. I was their HR contact and was absolutely a mess. She was devastated. She hated, hated this leadership role and she didn't feel like she was doing a very good job at it and was wanting to go back to her old job. She had not been given the skills and it was unfair that she felt so devastated and underperforming and disappointed in herself because no one had given her the guidance that she needed. Now, in another scenario, if they had simply sent her on the right course and given her the right internal support, she would have been fantastic. But what do you think happened? Her confidence was absolutely crushed. I don't think she will ever want to work in a leadership role again. And she felt like she was going backwards, back into her old role. It didn't need to happen that way. So training truly is an employer's responsibility, particularly when the skills that got them to where they are are not the skills that are going to get them to where we need them to be in our business. And so I just wanted to really emphasize that because I think for so long, we have considered training and skill development to be the responsibility of the employee. And I'm not saying it's not at all, but we also need to take ownership. And when we think about training, I think for many of us, we think about the cost of training. I remember when I was um, very early in my career, I was working for a recruitment consulting business, and I quickly figured out that I could be really good at finding great people for businesses. I had a really good understanding of cultural fit, but I could find them the best person possible. And yet, if what happened beyond that placement was damaged, non-existent, not in place, then it was never going to work out. So I quickly figured out that recruitment's important, but the entire picture of human resources is more important. So I was very passionate about studying further. Now I went to my manager and said, I'm really keen to do my master's in HR and I'd like your support in doing that because it's actually going to improve my ability to do my job. And they agreed to support in some, to some extent, certainly that wasn't full fee paying, but to to provide some support. But I had to sign a very lengthy contract to get that support, which basically had me stuck in that business for, I think it was two years post-completion, a whole range of other things. And I'm not saying that that is not what you should do because there are some circumstances where I would probably recommend a similar arrangement. However, that came about because they were looking at this as a cost rather than an investment. So I want to ask you this, what is your training and skill development budget? I'm giving you a moment to think, and I'm going to assume for some of you, you have not even thought about setting a training and skill development budget for your team. Some of you may have a percentage of salary set aside for that. That's a pretty common approach. Perhaps there's a dollar figure you've attached to it or a dollar figure per person or per role, per department. But I think for the large majority, particularly of small to medium-sized businesses, setting money aside for training and development is not on their radar. And I really do believe it needs to be. Investing in training our staff is an investment in your business. When you're providing the right training and development opportunities, you're investing in improving your business business. And I mentioned earlier that I wanted to share some statistics with you today. We've spoken about these statistics on the podcast previously, but there was a Swinburne University study conducted, um, and the report that was produced was called the Peak Human Workplace Report. And they surveyed a range of Australian employees. So this is a very local study. and I think that's important to remember because so often we see these studies and they're in America or the UK, and we think, oh, that's not relevant to us. This one is super, super relevant. And the findings were fascinating. Now, there's a whole range of findings from this report, but I wanted to pull out a few that I think really shine a light on how important training and development is for our team members. And and they surveyed employees across a whole range of industries and skills and occupation levels. So this was a very broad-based study. And what they found was this. Three in five Australian workers are concerned that their current skill set is not suited for the next five years. Three in five employees believe that they will not have the skills to do their current job in the next five years due to the changes that are occurring. Now, think about your current team, three in five. That's a lot. That's a majority. Don't believe they're going to have the skills to do their current job in the next five years. If investing in those people is not important to you or a priority to you, Think about the skills shortage you are going to have on your hands. Another interesting finding from the report was that three in four, three quarters of Australian workers want to learn new skills in the next 12 months. They are thirsty for knowledge. And if you know you've got a hot audience of people that are yearning to learn, why wouldn't you train them in something that's going to benefit your business? See? we're tying in what the employee wants to something beneficial to your business. It is an ultimate engagement strategy. But where are we at right now? Well, the survey found, the survey found that sounded a little bit like a talk show host, didn't it? That more than half of Australian workers are spending less than an hour a week on any form of learning and only 37%, 37%, that's a fraction said the workplace encourages or facilitates knowledge sharing. That's too low, too low. 58% had undertaken no formal training in the last 12 months. So what does that tell us? It tells us two things. People feel that they need to upskill in order to be able to do their job. People are dying to learn. The majority of people want to learn And we are doing a terrible job at facilitating that. Just straight at you there, we're not doing well enough. When you invest in your people in training, it becomes an investment in your business, in your ability to deliver products and services, to be profitable and productive. And it's an investment in retention as much as it is that improved capacity and productivity. So If you look at training and think that's a cost, I really want you to reframe that and look at it as an investment in the future of your business. Now, let's start to look at what some, some of these hidden benefits are that come from training, because of course we can see the obvious, can't we? We know that if we send someone on a training course, they're going to get improved skills. If they're learning a new skill, they're going to have more capacity to perform. We know when there's you know, learning and development happening, then performance is likely to improve. You would certainly expect maybe they're learning a new um, process that's going to mean productivity is going to improve. And of course, when we're training someone, we expect that it's going to address weaknesses and skills gaps. And that's one of the obvious reasons I think we should all be looking at training on our team right now, because it's so hard to find new people. Why wouldn't we upskill our existing people to fill those skills gaps? They're the obvious reasons, but there are some hidden benefits that might be less obvious to investing in training and upskilling our staff. The first one I love the most, because so many of you come to me and say, I want to improve motivation and culture in my workplace. And one of the hidden benefits of investing in training and skilling your staff is that it improves morale. Ultimately, employees actually feel valued when you invest in them, which increases their engagement in the workplace and means that they're going to be more motivated. It's a happier workplace. You've got people that are more interested in investing time and energy at work and want to do a better job because you've shown an investment in them and they want to return that to you in work performance. We know that boredom is a complete motivation killer. And if you've got someone that's bored and is thirsty to learn, investing in training them turns that boredom around. It turns it into motivation and productivity, makes a complete backflip. By investing in training and upskilling our team, we also encourage innovation. We open people up to new ways of thinking, new opportunities, things that maybe we hadn't even thought of before. It creates a much more innovative workplace culture. Now, as I touched on earlier, one of the hidden benefits, but one that I think is so important to businesses right now, is that investing in these kind of training skill skill upgrades and development with our team increases staff retention and reduces turnover and churn. Now, if you're trying to hire right now, you'll know that you would have done anything to have retained your team member and not be in the situation where you're hiring right now. And I get asked all the time about how can I retain my best people. Invest in upskilling them and training them. It's one of the simplest things you can do and not expensive. And I should probably touch on that. When I say training and upskilling, this does not have to be a $10,000 course or even a $1,000 course. Although for some staff, that's absolutely worth it this can be micro learnings. This can be sometimes knowledge sharing. This can be teaming them up with a mentor or a guide. This can be short uh, little courses that are very inexpensive, but can pack a huge punch in terms of something they can take and implement and use right now. So investing does not have to be huge monetary commitments. When people are learning new things and then being able to implement those at work particularly, imagine what it does to their confidence. They feel empowered. And in that process, not only are they more confident to do their job, they're more willing to try new things, take on more responsibility, say yes to projects. And when just think about what happens when you have a more confident and motivated workplace. Is it a nicer place for us to be as business owners and managers? Of course it is. The vibe lifts when we've got that kind of workplace. And the other hidden benefit is that investing in training and skill development helps you address market changes without you being the one that has to know and do everything because it's super hard to keep up, am I right, with all the things that are changing? You don't have to know everything. Your team can take the lead on being the most knowledgeable. In fact, I was working with um, a business just recently and we were talking payroll and some really complex award calculations. And the business operations manager said to me, I actually don't even look at that anymore. This is my payroll person and she's the guru. And it's freed her up by having this other person who's now across all the updates that she needs to be to be able to work on bigger, more strategic things in the business. So we don't have to be the only one on top of everything. It's quite okay to have team members who are our leaders in a particular space. So to recap what we've discussed today, I want you to rethink about the training and development investment you're making with your people. Training and upskilling our employees, particularly as the world of work is changing, and particularly because the skills that got them to us and that have got them where they are now in their business will likely not be the skills that we need in them moving forward, is our responsibility. Training is not a direct cost. It is an investment. And when when we invest in upskilling and training and developing our people, there are a whole stack of hidden benefits. Around retention, reduction in turnover, the increase in innovation, the amping up of engagement and motivation and confidence. And those are the things that vibe that is created by those underlying hidden benefits. They're the things that make the biggest difference to what our workplaces are like. They're the things that I know many of you stress over most how to create that culture, how to get them motivated, how to keep them on task. Upskilling, training, investing shows our employees that they are valued and they want to return that. It's a law of reciprocity issue. When we show them that commitment to them, they are going to give that commitment back to us. So just have a think about that when you're thinking about training and and if you're not thinking about training, hopefully this discussion has helped to put this in your mind as something you're looking at. Because with the world of work and employees the way it is right now, Finding people is hard. Filling a skills gap in our team can be hard, but look at who we've got right now. Who can we invest in to fill that gap and the hidden benefits that we can reap from that are just an extra bonus. That is all I have for you today. I hope you've enjoyed that conversation and I hope you're now considering how you can invest in upskilling and improving the the skills in your people. I've really enjoyed chatting to you about this today and I look forward to speaking to you again next week on the People Powered Business Podcast.